Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, we've got a great show for you, as I always say, because you know what? Every show is a great show when we have great artists on. And today, we have a really great artist on today named Ethan Payne, and he's got a really cool song that he wrote and a special meaning behind it that we will talk about later in the show. But Ethan, are you here? I am. How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself? <coughs> Feeling good, hanging in there. <laughs> How's it been through this mess? <laughs> God, I have never seen people want so much from you and having to get songs and, and videos to a bunch of mm-hmm. people for these for these uh for these uh publication companies. But it is what it is. You gotta mm-hmm. do what you gotta do to make it and and it kinda yeah, it, 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 it really reminds me of Hollywood Week. Oh wow! It reminds me of Hollywood. Like it does. So you've been that busy, huh? I have. So what was Hollywood Week like? Um, Hollywood Week was just it literally it was Hell Week. <laughs> no sleep and <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy. They they really put it to you for that week on over there, huh? <laughs> yeah, they did. And I guess that's to weed out the people that are serious about their craft and the people that are not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> because you could be a great singer, but if you can't handle the schedule, you're probably no, not, not going to no make it on a high man. level. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you know, it, you know, as artists grow and get bigger. Sometimes their schedules are so filled up, so I think Hollywood Week probably works out really great because if you can if you can get through that, you can get through any schedule that they're going to give you down the road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. So I'm Ethan Payne, obviously. Uh, I live in Macon, Georgia, which is just uh, – I wouldn't say it's a small town. It's a pretty big town in, in Georgia. Uh, definitely yeah, we're in Savannah, Georgia. Music. Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia is like maybe. No, no, no we're, in, we're in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, y'all are in Savannah, Georgia? Oh, sorry. It's so hard yeah. to hear. Um, I go down <laughs> to St. Simon's almost every year, so that's kind of near there. No way. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so I love to I like I like love the outdoors and I love doing mm-hmm. everything outside. But uh along with that I love writing music and being able to write a song that everybody can relate to and it's it's been so fun the past year writing and, and I never knew I could <laughs> but <laughs> I was always that kid Here you can, are. <laughs> I I was always that kid who could write in, in class and and the teacher would just be astonished at the writing I could do mm. for stories like I that if I'm not anything I know one thing for sure that I'm creative so I can <laughs> always use that to the best of my ability what's funny about what you just said I'm in in high school I slept in English class I kind of wish I didn't now because for the year for years now this has nothing to do with songwriting but still writing is writing I've wrote a lot of Christian articles through the years marriage articles and, and Sandy has to kind of fix a lot of them for me. Um, she does, does my editing for me when, on some of them. But it's, 
it's funny. I always kind of joke with friends. It's like, I wish my English teacher could see me now because I love to write. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did not. So true. English was like my worst subject in in high school. I just yeah, that I just, was. I was in the English was my same favorite. class for three years. To it every day. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I looked forward to it every day. Yeah, that, but I but think I think that, that math was definitely not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but yeah, you just you just never know, you know, where God's going to lead you on this crazy path, this crazy journey of life, you know. Exactly. And I'm sure that you know, as, as you look back, you probably had different ideals in at the beginning of your life versus you do now. I did. I never thought I was going to be a singer. I thought I would just do it for a year or two and stop and then it turned into a little <laughs> bit something else. So at what age did you think to yourself I want to do this for the as a career? For when I was when I was 13, when I sang on stage with Luke, uh Luke Bryan. That's when I knew oh, I was well. like, this is how I want every night to be. <laughs> <laughs> So that was your defining moment. Because, you know, they say – a lot of artists, they say that – I've heard of many artists on here that says there was that first time they got on that stage, overlooked the crowd, and they just got – I think it could be any stage. Music book. Exactly. True. I think it could be any stage, but uh, this uh-huh. one so happened to be 50,000 people. And I think that was like maybe – I mean, it maybe if I'm – before then, I may have seen – a stage and seeing mm-hmm. maybe like sixty people, mm-hmm. but that's when I knew uh, that was that from that moment. So, what was that moment like when you stepped out there and there's fifty thousand people and you've never? And if you've never been on that. there, it's I can say um, it. There's literally like no feeling. Like you just go into shock. Like, and you just kind of. It's not like you get through it, but, like, I mean, I knew I had 50,000 eyes on me. It's like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. That's all that runs in your head. <laughs> and as soon as you get done with that with that, with that, that chorus and everybody's hands go up and you hear 50,000, I mean, you got to think there's, there's a bunch of speakers up there and everything, and you can just hear the crowd beating in your chest with their screaming. It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. <laughs> Now, of course, this was way lower scale than that, but I remember about 15 years ago, um, I, Sandy and I were helping um, start a young professionals um, group here in in Savannah, which granted, I'm out of young professionals now because I'm out of age, but back then we were, and I remember um, they were looking for three people to kind of do a five-minute speech, anything you wanted to do it on. So I, I, I volunteered because I've always thought I'm supposed to speak. You know, so I was like, I'll do it. I raised, I was like, you know, so they, they don't know who I am. I learned a couple valuable lessons. It was my very first speech ever. And one thing I learned is don't change what you're going to say when you, the day of the speech. Big lesson. Exactly. Day, day, day two. I mean, not day two, lesson two, I learned. Don't have your first speech in front of like 300 people. <laughs> this is the very first time I – granted, like I said, way lower scale than 50,000, but you get the point. <laughs> and I remember 
I had my notes all in my hand. My turn to get up there. I'm up there, and I can't read my notes because my whole hand was shaking. The whole notes were shaking. I only had five minutes. It was only five minutes. It's not like I had the 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> then exactly. I figure I put it on the podium. No big deal because I can put it on the podium and read it from there at least. Well, the podium, even though I'm short, it still only came to my waist, so of course that wasn't going to work. So I figured I'll wing it. I mean, my five minutes was really my story, so I know my story. And um, so I decide I'm going to wing it. Open my mouth, nothing comes out. Nothing. Nada. <laughs> that, I mean, that's I mean, literally <laughs> how I am. Like, I, can, I can have no nervousness when I'm singing and be in a whole other world, but if you ask me to do a speech, that's like, <laughs> no. <I've laughs> but it was, it was my first time, and, and I'm up there in front of 300 people, and nothing's coming out. I mean, all I could think about at that very moment, I knew it was a defining moment in my life. I knew that that was a moment that I had to get through. Like you said earlier on the 50,000 people, you had to get through. I had to get through because if I walked off that stage and not finished, I knew I'd never speak again ever probably. It's like, it's like when you ride a horse. If you fall, you've got to get right yeah. back up or you'll probably never ride again. So I'm going through, and I'm like a minute in, and I'm thinking – and Sandy told me later that she was freaking because she she's on the front row, and she can't help. And I'm a minute in, minute and a half in, something like that. These people are dealing with me. With nothing coming out. And um, I finally, I, I guess it was God just put something in my head. I was just like, the first thing that popped in my head, I just said it. Luckily, a thing down. I, I, the only thing that popped in my head was I told everybody, if you get nothing else, I took a deep breath and said, if you get nothing outside of this, at least you get a good laugh. Everybody laughed. And I was able to breathe, and I nailed the rest of it. <laughs> and but I say that story because like when you're talking about the fifty thousand people, just might not, I don't know what I'd have done if it had been fifty thousand people. <laughs> yeah, it was just wild. It was so crazy. <clears throat> that is really I love that story. That is, so so what was your biggest um singing before that of audience? Um not there was there was none. <laughs> There was literally just uh, singing around town. That was about it. So basically, that was your your breakout. <laughs> literally, yes, that was uh, <laughs> that that was the that was the performance. I did it. <laughs> so what's uh, I always like to start with something fun too. What's something unusual about you that people would find interesting? Oh, people find interesting that. My eyes change colors depending on what shirt or like I I they think it's what shirt I wear, but mm-hmm. I think it's the mood I'm in because I can tell if I'm like in a sad mood my eyes will turn like green, but if I'm in like a happy mood my eyes will be like literally will be blue and gray. It's so weird. But <laughs> That's I also cool. Think it's really cool. I think it's cool. That's and a, a lot part. of people that have, I know that have the same kind of like. Ordeal. They're like, I hate it. I hate it so much. Well, I'm like, no. I like to be different. I think that's so cool. <laughs> and you know, Sandy and I, we're, we're different because we, you know, we've been married 17 years, but we have been a 24/7 couple basically the, the whole 17 years. Most people are really? like, 
that's crazy. We're like, that's normal. <laughs> and and what's funny is a couple weeks ago, talk about normal. A couple weeks ago, my our little eight-year-old, which you'll hear from him later because we always bring him on to ask one question. But um, my eight-year-old asked us, and it's like, how do you answer this? He, he said, and, and I'm echoing, I think. But he asked, oh, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, you're not even on but, okay, that's. But but he um but he asked me, or asked asked both Sandy and I. He said, "What what does normal mean? Like, how do we answer that?" <laughs> <laughs> and my first thought was, "Not us." Not us. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you were growing up. What were some of your musical influences? Um, I'd say Keith Whitley, um, definitely Brian, and uh, like mm-hmm. Jason Aldean, and um, my grandma was the one who kind of really got me into it. Uh, she bought my first guitar. Oh, wow. She bought all my brothers a guitar, and um, mm-hmm. I was the only one who actually wanted to take lessons and learn, and it turned into something else. <laughs> <laughs> so as we um. As you look back on your career so far, three moments that just – that you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. And, yes, you can even talk about the Luke Bryan moment. That would be a great place for this too. But yeah, that one definitely tell us a few moments. One. <laughs> but um, tell us a few moments that like that, and you're like, one. wow. Um, so tell us a I, little bit about that I mean, moment. Yeah. So How did that happen? The top, I, you say top three basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd say number one would definitely be the Luke Bryan uh, performance because I just kind of felt like the whole world had shut down and everybody mm-hmm. knew who my name was after that, and I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> just a little uh, small-town boy who chased his dreams and finally finally got the quick little break I needed to kind of get my foot in the door. And then um, the one thing I get to tell my top top two for sure, the one thing I get to tell my kids when I grow up is, like, I was on American Idol, and I, I was <laughs> probably the only audition ever who had to do that with a judge. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was really cool, too. And then probably number three is something that I'm really proud of, and I don't mm-hmm. – I, don't, I really kind of keep inside. Nobody really knows I do it, but – I travel mm-hmm. the world, uh, the United States every year. Probably, I'd say this year, or if the quarantine lets up in time enough, it's going to probably be next year. But I have ten different states that I'll travel to for uh, Make a Wish, raising money for oh, wow. these uh, awesome organizations that kind of have shaped me into who I kind of am. Mm-hmm. You know? <clears throat> I love that, you know, and that's one thing that we've noticed about country music. Now, all genres give back, but I don't think no genre gives back the way country music does. Exactly. <laughs> and and that, and that's not a put down to other genres because, like I said, they, they all give back in their own way. But I just think that country music does it in a way that's just powerful. Exactly. I think country is definitely more meaningful than any other um, any other genre out there, for sure. That's why I do so it every day. As we get to this, so as we get to this point, I always like to flip the script. You know, we talked about some of the highs. 
but I always like to go the other way too because I think a lot of people don't realize the crap that y'all go through as artists. You know, they see you on stage, <clears throat> but they don't see the sacrifices. They don't see the um, the struggles, the rejection, the critics. They don't see none of that. Um, and I like to go the other way, and, and here's where I'm going to go with this. I'll tell a little story of where I want this to go, and we'll talk about that. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, <clears throat> and at that time they were full-time with music. My, one of my questions to her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you go full-time, even though it's your passion and you might feel it's your purpose, it's also a job now. She goes, you could be miserable today, but if you've got a gig tonight, you've got to be on that stage like you're not miserable. She goes, there's so much that you have to do, so many sacrifices, so much rejection. So, you know, even though you're the artist, your whole family has to sacrifice to get you to where mm -hmm. you need to go. She goes, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those type of sacrifices become worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there about it a little bit. I really do that because I don't know. I don't have anything else I'd rather do. Um, <laughs> and the sacrifices are definitely true. Um, and people, I think my my biggest low, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be completely honest with you because I know this will change in a couple of years because I know where I want to be yeah. and I know how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like the mindset I have. Like if I, if I want to be somewhere, yeah. I've I've got to do do the stuff to get there, and I think the biggest low for me from now, and I'm going to be able to look back on it and always stay humble about it, but um, mm -hmm. I know there's been some nights where I've – there has been nights where the fire department has shut us down. Um, there's so many people in that, in, that, in that building, and then there's some nights mm -hmm. where you're singing for five people, and it is really annoying mm -hmm. that you can go from – it's just kind of like how do you how do you go from singing in front of fifty thousand people to five people in the blink of an eye? It's so yeah. crazy. But another thing I look at is if I really, 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 really want this, and I need to do whatever it takes. I need to perform every venue. I need to do everything it takes to get yep. there. Because you'll miss a hundred other shots you don't take, and I know I've yep. learned that. <clears throat> and, and you know, um, like we've had we had a guest come on. That they said the same thing. That that's that's such a hard balance there, of that struggle. He says he said there's been times where I've been singing on stage in in a bar and there's nobody there. <laughs> and, exactly. and and he said he was he said he was confused sometimes. He was like he's like what do I do? Do I keep singing? Do I just sit? Because he, he's he wasn't he's like I don't know what to do under that circumstance. Where there's no he says but I just kept on because again I'm what I'm paid to do. It goes and and he says you like you like you said, there could be that one connection. You may have three people that you're singing to, and that one person ends up getting you signed one day. You just don't know. Absolutely. And if it's your passion and what you want to do, whether you're singing in front of one person or fifty thousand, you still get you're still giving it your all because again, it's what you've been called to do. Exactly. Now we're at the point where we take a little quick break, a commercial break, and then we're going to play your song. And I, 
I love the song. I love the reason why oh, the song. You. So we're gonna talk, talk. We're gonna talk about the song in just a second when we come back. How's that sound? Okay. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. It was just a hand-me-down beat-up Steel string with a sunburst spruce up He probably played it like a thousand times I bet it's been on a Georgia front porch Seen the lights of a stadium world tour I caught a couple tears on a sleepless night Whoa, he said it's all yours now Pick it up and won't let you down When life's too hard And all my stars are out of reach I'm in too deep I just can't stop sinking I start to play And all my pain just fades away I don't break when I'm hanging on by the last my hopeless heart Luke's guitar It's always there like a Sunday sermon you see me at my best in worship Like the time I let love slip away Whoa More than just some stealing wood Things I never could When life's too hard And all my stars are out of reach I'm in too deep I just can't stop thinking I start to play And all my pain just fades away I don't break when I'm hanging on by the last string It's crazy how it saves my Stealing wood. Whoa, he says 
Just the things I never could When life's too hard And all my stars are out of reach I'm in too deep I just can't stop thinking I start to play And all my pain just fades away I don't break when I'm hanging on by the last string It's crazy how it saves my hopeless heart Luke's guitar Luke's guitar Song there Really awesome song Yes, great song I'm here now too (laughs) Thank you so what, tell us the story behind that song. I, I yeah. kind of know the story, but tell us the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story behind it is it's, um, it's just about the guitar that he gave me whenever I was out there playing with him um, on, in front of 50,000 people in, on the stage. Um, he he literally just said, see that guitar right there? And just take it on back to Georgia with you. And ever since then, <laughs> it's just been my clutch. Wow. It's been it's been it's been really it's been the thing I that's helping really you really get through. And, and I love that you gave tribute to that because I think that um, a lot of times artists, big artists, don't realize the power they have. And for him to give you something like that, it just I can tell it just meant so much. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so one thing that we've noticed with fans and stuff is they see you as the artist but they never they never hear about the PR company people they never hear about the managers they never hear about the people that make you who you are and me and you both know that without a team you can't do what you need to do Um, so I would like to allow the artists to talk about their team a little bit so here's your chance to just reach out and just tell us a little bit about your team Um, I've got a manager and a publicist uh, and so my manager really kind of, when I go up to Nashville, he's the one who kind of gets me to write and gets me there and makes sure I'm on time to everything. And then I have a publicist who kind of like the, it's, he's almost like the second manager. He gets me, uh, interview, interviews for radio stations, um, mm-hmm. and on publication companies. And then I have, uh, which is basically uh, an arts designer. Her name is Julie. She designs all the artwork for um, the album covers and anything that we need for uh, that's artsy. And then you get my mom. My mom is also <laughs> like my second manager. She kind of keeps everything <laughs> intact, and she kind of she's kind of the one who checks up on everything and makes sure it's like she's like <laughs> the final yes. Because I'm still on the age. <laughs> so, but that's how it's always yeah. going to be. My mom's really into so, um, it, which is awesome. Tell us a mom's story where she went above and beyond and showed. Sorry? So tell us a mom's story where she went above and beyond on an, on something where it really showed you that, wow, she believes in you. Um, it's kind of a funny story, and I think, and I feel like it's like for me. So, like when we went to the first American Idol audition, um, 
Like, if anything bad could have happened that day, it did. Like, we went into the wrong area. Oh, um, and I literally got sent home, basically. They were like, you're not you, – I just don't feel like your age is there yet. And, I, and like, some mm-hmm. – deep down inside, I was like, that just doesn't feel right. We were supposed to have a mm-hmm. private audition with, um, like, with uh, the producers. And so my mom called the producer and did all that stuff. And then we 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 start walking over to where we're supposed to be, and her shoe breaks. And then (laughs) and these are heels, like. (laughs) So then she um, she fixes it, and it kind of works. And then both shoes break. So she was determined (laughs) that she was going to have some shoes to walk into that audition, and so she made flip flops out of them. I don't know how. I just feel like that. That's when I was like, "Dang, she really believes in me. She's gonna make flip flops out of high heels." <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah. family's everything, and <clears throat> because family's everything, it is. Um, we always bring our eight-year-old on to ask one question because we're a family affair show, <laughs> basically. And and we've got a one-year-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll plug her in too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's Christopher. Okay. Daddy, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is a nice, nice filet steak. Mm. And what's yours, though, Chris? A pizza. A pizza? (laughs) Yeah, he could eat pizza from lunch, dinner, and dinner. I mean, all day long. Oh, my gosh, I know. (laughs) And And he comes and goes quick. He does. He, sure he does. loves to be part of it. But even though he has that small part, he would be. He gets upset yeah. if there's ever times where we can't do it. Because like, there are times where an uh, artist has to cut out early where something happens, mm-hmm. and he don't get. And he's gotten upset because he's like, I didn't get to ask my question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh my. Gosh, Keith Whitley. Oh, well, I would love yeah, that's a good one. to come back with Keith Whitley. <laughs> and why is it because he's such a good storyteller? Well, what would you want to write about? Um, I honestly do not know. I, I usually don't know what I want to write about until the day of. Like, I'll wake up and be like, boom, that's, I want to write about <laughs> a truck. I want to write about a, a girl or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So if Keith, if he was right in front of you right now, what would your first question to him be? What was the story behind "Don't Close Your Eyes"? <laughs> That'd be a good one. I'd love to hear that one. <laughs> so, of all the songs you've written, we'll stay in on the songwriting for right now. The songs that you've written so far, what what song means the most and why? Uh, definitely, it's uh, so hard because I have two that in my book that are just really good to me, and um, all of my songs that I write are really good to me. But these two stick out. Like, there's one that I've wrote. It's wrote is that y'all just heard with Luke's guitar, and that one means so much to me <clears> because that guitar means the world mm-hmm. to me, and, yeah. and Luke is so good to us. And but there's another song on that's not about anybody, but Mm-hmm. Just, it's called Lifers, and I wrote it because 
I wanted to write my wife, who I may have one day, a song. Um, But uh, the lyrics go, I know this guitar will give up on me someday, and this old forge is going to run out of miles. Um, And then just kind of skipping around, but all I know is we're Mm -hmm. lifers. And that song is just, it's such an awesome song to me, and I was Mm -hmm. really proud of it. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, with Sandy, um, and she's proven that because I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me like around 12 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage was hell on Sandy because of my addictions. And I put her through everything. I mean, I mean, I crossed a lot of lines. I didn't cheat and I didn't hit her, so I didn't cross those lines, but I crossed a lot of lines. But, you know, she never put me down. She never nagged me. She never, she never said a bad word to me. She just uplifted me. She was just my cheerleader. She was. She, she always believed in me, and she always believed that God brought us together for a reason and knew that God was going to heal my heart. Um, and, you know, people have – when we tell parts of our story, people – there are some people that say, well, I – she allowed me to walk over her, and that's just not true. She no. – I always try to tell them that she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Big difference. And exactly. if it weren't for that, I'd probably be dead today. So, so when you said that about that song, it made me think. You know, I have that. I I have that woman, that even though we went through those type of struggles early on, we're now here, 17 years later, with two kids, stronger than ever. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm so happy for y'all, and that's a long time to be together with somebody, and that's just that's yep. awesome to me. So congratulations to you both. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Now I'm about to ask a question, and I have a purpose on the way I ask this, and I'll explain in a minute um, after I ask it. But if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way, I want you to think hard on this one, because we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, Five, in fact, February made five-year anniversary of us asking that question to her, and her answer that she gave us is pretty much almost on point of the life she's living right now. That's the power in knowing where you're going. She knew exactly where she's going. She told us where she was going, and she went and made it happen. And I, and I ask it in this way. I, want, I tell that small story with Kelsey because I want artists to really open up and say, you know what? This is my dream. So what is it? Where would you be in five years? My dream is kind of simple. I I want to be living the same life um, that I'm living now on a mm-hmm. whole nother level. Like I, I know yeah. that I'm going to have a bigger following. A uh, lot's going to be more mm-hmm. expected out of me. I'm I'm going to have a record label. I'm going to have uh, a publish a publishing deal, and mm-hmm. I I just I. I, the one thing that I'll never get too big for is friends, family, and mm-hmm. Make-A-Wish. Make-A-Wish is who started oh, well. me. Make-A-Wish is what gave me that that courage to do what mm-hmm. I love, and I will always forever repay them back in any way, shape, or form. And that – and I – it's so hard to – it's so hard to see where your stuff is in five years because anything can happen, but – 
yeah. with my understanding of how music works now, mm-hmm. I know I know in five years that I'm gonna make something out of myself and I'm gonna have a career and I'm gonna have a I mean I I just want an income. I wanna be set apart from everybody else. Like it's yeah. crazy to think that doing what you love can get make you money and that's just it's crazy. Really exactly. is that's why they call it a dream. <laughs> so if you had a friend let's say you have a friend of yours and let's say that and this would be pre COVID advice. So think, remember, think on that. Um, but let's say that they've played maybe 10 or, t- 10 or 20 shows. So they really haven't done a lot of shows yet, but they got what every artist gets, that stage bug. They've looked over the audience with the audience cheering, like you said earlier, and they got that little emotional high that every artist gets from that stage, so that they just feel in their heart this is what they're supposed to do with the rest of their life. And they come to you, and they say, Ethan – I got it. I got that bug. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say if you don't know how to write, you better get to an ELA online class right now that will teach you how to write because that is that is how people are making it today. They're they're I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton wrote for years before he before he came out as a performer. Mm-hmm. And True. I really think more people that are writing their own songs are making it nowadays and it's their own story that they're telling and that's what people want to hear and that's mm-hmm. what sets everybody apart nowadays is because it's their own story. So to sum it all up, if you don't write you need to you need to start. That's how I that's what was told to me and when I started writing it opened a million and trillion doors for me. I mean I I, I really, it really did. Like I used to just like, oh my god, uh I have to write a song. Um 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 and then <laughs> and then I wouldn't. And now it's like mm-hmm. every morning I'm in that so I wake up, boom, coffee, get in the truck and go to the right. And we crank We'll crank a song out in about four hours, and it's a good song. It's crazy, but I love it. I love it, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. That is really awesome. So as we get down to this last question here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? Uh, The question that you already asked, what are the sides of artists that we don't get to see? And the way I, I answered that is artists it, – it's so, it's so crazy. Like, here's a story. Um, I have people texting me all the time, oh, my gosh, my father just passed away or my sister passed away or my grand – like, I promise you we see your messages, but I have a crazy life. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I, and I always put my life first before – Music, because if I don't, I'm going to give myself a heart attack, you know? (laughs) And it's just, I I, I feel like so much people expect so much out of us, but we are literally just normal. We're just as normal as everybody else, and all we do is pick up a guitar or pick up a piano and sing, and Mm. people like it. That's the only thing that sets us different, apart from anybody. I I, I don't think that. I don't think musicians are different from people. I don't think 
any of that. I, I mm-hmm. think we're all the same people, and we just have different different talents. Yep. Exactly, so and I love that. To answer that question, it is still crazy that <laughs> people look at, at me as as I look at Luke Bryan. I, I just don't get it. Because I feel like I haven't. I feel like I, I feel like I haven't done anything. You know, like I feel like. Uh-huh. I mean, I've got a couple of songs out, and and I guess it's just the story. Yep, and you're doing what again? You're doing what most people would be afraid to do. You're you're trying to chase that passion, that dream that you have, and most people have lost that. And, and it's sad when you see that because you can always tell when people have lost their passion. Because they're usually the ones that will tell people, well, artists should just get a real job because it's not a real job in their eyes because they got a nine-to-five job. They feel like, why, why, why can't you be happy with a nine-to-five job like them? And usually that's the people exactly. that are the harshest on people because they've lost their dream. And this is what loses your – and this is what will lose your passion, your dream. And I tell this story on almost all the episodes, um, but I think it's a perfect spot for this. Um, is, is I've got friends of mine that that um, have been, say, 10, 15 years in their career, and they're miserable. And you sit down with them, and, and you're trying to figure out, well, why have they met you? You, you, know, you? you talk to them, and you're like, well, God, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family. You've got this amazing career. And there, and and a couple of them will say the career is the problem. Like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You've been you went to school for this, and they're like, well, this is not this is never what I wanted to do. My parents pushed me this way, or my friends pushed me this way, or my counselors pushed me this way. Somebody else pushed them to where supposedly the money is, and because of that, they've been living a lie for twenty years, and now they're miserable. Exactly, and they've lost that passion because other people they're listening to other people, and see that's why I think people look up to, to artists like you. You're out there, even though you're getting off the ground here, you're out there doing something that very few people have the confidence to do. You're like, you know what? I've got this talent, and I'm going to share it with the world, and that's my friend makes you unique. Well, thank you so much. So as we end this, tell everybody how they can reach you. You can reach me at Ethan Payne Music, the panhandle on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Ethan Payne. Um, and if it doesn't have the little blue check by it, I always tell everybody this, please don't follow them. Because fake accounts are fake accounts. And, and there are so many of them out there. And I'm such a small artist, and there's already so many. So it's really scary. But That's crazy. Um, but yeah, just so, follow me, um, and you can also text Ethan to three three two two two, and it'll keep you up to date with all my music releases and shows and videos and everything else. That is awesome. So you know, we look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real awesome, uh, real awesome interview. Probably one of my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, we so <laughs> we're glad. That. We we always love it when we hear that because again we yes. we try to make it more of a conversation. We we don't want it we to be do. I ask you a question mm. and you answer, and then I ask you a question. Exactly. That's, if I had if I had to do that, I would quit this. 
That's not me. <laughs> I like to talk. You know, yeah. I, I like to hear your stories. I like to also tell stories with your stories, and that's just I like exactly. it to be a conversation. And that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to well, do here with this show. Really and you know what? Appreciate you coming on today, and we will well, talk to you, you real so soon. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. Go look Ethan up. He's really awesome. He's definitely going somewhere. Um, And as always, tomorrow we got another great show coming your way.